This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name's Mark Boyd. Hello. My name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Maddie Robson, and you're listening to the Blue Army Podcast. Thanks very much for joining me again here on the Blue Army Podcast. It's nice to have the whole team back together. It feels like it's going to be a well-rounded show. Although me and Will, I think we did we did okay. We were tired, but we did okay. Like yeah, yeah. So it's it nice to have three again. We've got used to that now. Yeah, it feels like the way you know. It feels like the way forward, man. Uh, Liam, did you enjoy yourself over uh, on your time off? It, yeah, it was nice. Uh, I was in Ireland. I had to listen to the podcast while I was gone. I've got a bone to pick okay. with you, Mr. Liam. Okay. The way I said my man in the match was absolutely fine. <laughs> 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 wow. To be fair, Will Butcher. Will Butcher, right? And, <laughs> and, like, and to be fair, and to be fair, the first time I heard it, like it did sound like the way I, I said it back. But then when we, when I heard it the second time, it did sound normal. But I was committed to the moment. I was committed to the moment. Yeah. Like, it, Can't be backtrack then. In my head, in my head, in my head, it sounded a little bit like this. Middle of the Mitch. Like a snooker player announcer, I don't know. That's, that's kind of when it came out. That was, hey, that was perfect for the preamble, Lee. I do apologise, Liam. I'm all forgiven. <laughs> you, are, you are all forgiven. Okay, okay. Well, you still take the mick out of me saying Callum Guy's going to get 10 this year. So, you know, I mean, we've all... No, we've... I'm still waiting on number one. So, yeah, yeah. So, so am I, getting a bit desperate now. Like. <laughs> has got two. Is he going to have another big scoring season? Uh, potentially, man. It'd be nice if he does. It'd be nice if he does. I hope they've got enough scoring gifts for him to go through. Like, I imagine <laughs> him and Dennis had to stay behind for extra scoring gifts this week, maybe. I don't know. They've probably got all them unused ones from last season. Oh, yeah, just use them. <laughs> With the old training kit blurred out and that. <laughs> it'll be fine it'll be fine oh this is gonna be a good one lads all right i'm gonna kick things off i'm gonna kick things off here we go it's gonna be a good one here we go come on Woo. Oh. Hey, Paris, how's it going and welcome back to the blue army podcast this is of course episode 83 and if you haven't already guessed it i am back 
with the full round table. That's right, the Cumbrian Brain Trust is back together. Liam Denwood of Blue Army TV fame and Wills is here. Welcome back, boys. You all right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, boss. I've been working on my intros, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> we'll crack on, lads. We'll crack on. And before we crack on, I mean, like, we, I mean, we're having a good time as it is, but there's only one way to make it even better, and that's with the Blue Army podcast, Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army podcast, Joke of the Week. I'm not happy with this one, lads. <laughs> <laughs> it's like already, already apologising for it. Already apologising for that. I'm not happy with this one. I can't find, in my own head, I can't find a comfortable way to tell it, which is just, I know it's going to lead to like an awkward punchline. And I've had another 24 hours to look for another joke, but I haven't. So I'm stuck with it now. And uh, I mean, here we go, here we go. This, 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 this is not stand on ceremony. Let's get on with things. What does fake pasta feel like? <laughs> What does fake past feel? What kind of question is that? <laughs> fake pasta feels like impasta syndrome. God's sake. <laughs> it's definitely your worst one yet. Think, yeah, it's not great. No, it's not. It's really not. It's really not. Like, and I'm, scra- I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel. I really am. I just, I just remembered I need to do the on this day, and I've not even opened the book yet. So that's going to be a wide open ball game as well when we reach there. Like, yeah. At least the book ends in the right area. But yeah, I'm just going to have to pick one at random when we get towards the end of the podcast. But now we can get on with things. We've got rid of the ceremonies. We can get on with things. Let's do a bit of news, gentlemen. The news this week. We'll start off with the injury news. There's been a few injury updates. Just as soon as Ryan Edmondson came back from injury, he's gone back on the injury list. A very unfortunate ankle injury this time to add to that niggling hip problem of his. I thought in, in the game on Saturday, he looked pretty decent. Like he, it, from my end of the pitch, because I was stood up that end of the pitch, he was winning most things in the air against their defenders. And he seemed to be doing quite a good job. But the consensus online seemed to feel like Edmondson wasn't up to much this weekend. Um, I think it means a lot to him. When he went down injured, I mean, it, it kind of was him that lost the ball, that led to the goal. He went down injured. He was absolutely furious with probably the fact that he's been injured, punching the ground. Um, do you feel like Edmondson was having a pretty good game before he got took off there? We'll kick off with Wills this week. Wills, do you think Edmondson was doing all right on Saturday before he got brought off? Um, I mean, from my end of the ground, I didn't notice him that much. So that would sort of like probably suggest he was having a mediocre game. I don't know. Um, but I mean, we had plenty of chances. I just couldn't like see from where I was how involved he was in them all. Yeah, like I said, like I said he wasn't necessarily bringing the ball down and controlling it. But from what I could see aerially, he was he was getting it into back into the midfield for those lads to, to you know to compete for and get on the end of. Liam, did uh, did Ryan disappoint or uh, was he doing all right for you on Saturday? Well, I think I think he only had about twenty minutes, didn't he? Something yeah. like that. So you can't really do too much in that time, I don't think. And I don't think the midfield was particularly good and they weren't really feeding him as much as maybe he would like. So it's not that he played badly, I don't think. It's just I don't think he was given the opportunity to play well. I think that's well said, mate. I think that's well said. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for the next sort of 10 to 11 days, which will probably mean he'll be back in training 
next Monday. He won't be a part of the Harrogate side uh, that's travelling down to Harrogate for this Saturday's game, unfortunately. Uh, further injury updates involved Mr Callum Guy. Uh, there was a couple of speculations going round because Callum Guy wasn't involved in the under-23s game and then he wasn't involved on the weekend. Some people thought maybe there's been an offer made because there were rumours that Simo has an offer made on his clubs and maybe he was given a bit of time to go and receive those offers. But unfortunately, Callum Guy, and you'll like this one, Liam. In fact, you'll like this one as well. Callum Guy injured himself during a shooting drill. <laughs> yeah. At least he's practising. At least he's practising. <laughs> At least he's practising. <laughs> Did he score any in the shooting drill? Well, I don't know. I don't know how far he got into it before he keeled over, lad. I don't know, unfortunately. But um, unfortunately, yeah, he, he's, he's got a, he picked up a bit of an issue from a shooting drill. So it's good to know that he's practising his shooting. So I, I haven't given up all hope yet. I haven't given up all hope yet. But um, unfortunately, Callum Guy is going to be out. Uh, what well, was out, but it's only a short-term injury. He might actually be a part of the side on Saturday against Haddergate. We'll see how that goes. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, the, the whole thing with Ryan Edmondson as well, it kind of does depend on like after after he has a scan. It's only been predicted that it's going to be 10 to 11 days and he's going to be back mm-hmm. in training on Monday. The scan still hasn't happened, yeah. so it might end up being more serious than we think it is, but it might not be. There'll be further updates on that injury, but hopefully he'll be back in training at the end of next week. Anyway, long, long-term absences obviously still include Toby Shaw Silver, three to four weeks, Ben Barkley, five to six weeks, uh, Josh Dickinson, who will be out for between like three and four months. Joel Senior's got about five or six weeks left, so he's not too far away, thankfully. And Brennan Dickinson out till April, potentially, potentially. But he's had the operation and he, he has started his rehab. So there is the injury news, gentlemen. We'll move on to Lone Watch. And they were being keeping an eye on some young Cumbrians, mainly playing across the border. Now, the, the Cumbrians that are playing across the border are having a lot more success than the Cumbrians that are playing in England. I'm talking about Sam Fishburne playing at Blythe. He was an unused sub in their 4-0 defeat to Peterborough Sport. Now, I mean, we, we've kind of we've gone through these. We've said our opinions on these. Um, well, it was me and you last week. We spoke about maybe the benefit of bringing Sam Fishburne back from his loan spell and then getting him into those Johnson Paint Trophy games. And maybe that will attract potentially a better suitor for him in January, getting himself out to a National League side or something along those lines. Liam, is that the way forward for Sam Fishburne? Or should he grind it out of life? Um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm honestly, I don't have a clue. But I think there is something to be said for letting him have that sort of life lesson of having to fight for your spot like if we shouldn't pull him back you know he should have what i mean is he should have to work to play he should have to fight hard to be in the team which you know it's maybe a good thing for him to try and do down at life spartans he had a brilliant loan at lancaster city so and i think are they are they very similar level to uh Blythe spartans yeah i think it's the same division yeah well so like i'm sure lancaster would gladly have him back considering what he achieved there when he was there so I just know it's a weird one for me because on one hand you know he, he looked really promising but on the other hand he's not getting into like a national league I don't even know what division like eighth division he's not getting into an eighth division side or, or whatever it is so I don't really see what hope he's got of like starting games at Carlo. 
But he got he got a chance, didn't he? With with Millen in the side, there was a few injuries, and Fishburne maybe started three or four games. And I mean, unfortunately, it just it just never got rolling for him. And maybe that was you know maybe that was it. Like maybe that was his chance, and then he just never got up to that standard. And then now he's sort of like it's it's a mind game for him to get back to where he thinks he should be because he's already been there once before and he's still at such a young age. Hopefully things will pick up for Sam. I'm a fan. I think physically the attributes are there. He can obviously find the back of the net. Um, it just, I think it might be the attitude. Ever since what happened in the League Cup, like it just seems like there's a bit of a chip on the young man's shoulder and maybe he's not focused on his football in the way that he should be focused on his football anymore. Maybe he's thinking about how much you're getting paid, how much he's getting paid. Am I going to get a contract? And it, maybe his, his mind's just not in the right place anymore and he needs to properly buckle down if he really wants to not end up spiralling down the leagues and being released and so on and so forth. Now, loans are going better for the other two Cumbians that are on loan. Max Gillespie or Killsby. I, I've, been, I've been touted it might be Killsby, but other people think it's Gillespie. We'll see. <laughs> It's I'm spelled, saying doesn't have an e in it. Like spelled K I L S. Kills me. That's what I've always said. Yeah. Kills me. All right, fine. Max. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Max started again for Annan, and this time he played the full ninety minutes. Annan won two one as they begin to turn around their league form against a side called Fafa. Fafa. Um, Fafa. Is that how you say it? Fafa. Is it Fafa? Some of these Scottish scenes, man, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, I mean, like, he's played the full 90. He's alongside fellow ex-Carlisle player. Well, I say fellow ex-Carlisle player, but, you know, he's not an ex-player yet, is he, Max? But he's in the back line. He's playing centre-back. He's getting picked. He's getting reps on the side of winning. So things seem to be really getting picked up for Max. All good signs for him. Lewis Bell started for Gretna. 08, who lost again. This time they lost 3 0 at the hands of Cowden Beef. Cowden Beef. Have you like never listened to football results getting read out? <laughs> These teams have been around for a while, 4 5 and Cowden Beef. <laughs> no, I never, I, never, I, never Wait, left look, it, I never left it on long enough to get the Scottish uh, results. So, so there's, there's a team out there with the words cow and beef in their name. <laughs> I mean, is that what you're trying to tell me? It's pronounced that way. But, it's, yeah, yeah, it's pronounced that way. But last yeah. week, last last week they lost four 0 against a team called the Civil Service Strollers. So, like, I mean, God knows where they're. Yeah, been. yeah. <laughs> is that not just the police? Maybe, but like, where are they based? Are they based in Glasgow? Are they based in Edinburgh? Like, where are they based? Like, God knows where they're based. But, so yeah. you find out. Oh, I guess so. I guess so. You can, <laughs> you can get on that as I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly how Lewis Bell got on. Um, he was substituted off after receiving a yellow card 20 minutes into the game. I've tried to do a bit of research and find out what's going on, but um, there's not seems to be much information out there. Yeah, Lewis got a yellow card in the 20th minute and he was substituted off in the 20th minute. So uh, God knows what happened there. What are you saying, Wills? What's the result? Edinburgh. Edinburgh, <laughs> yeah. there we go. So the civil service strollers come from Edinburgh. Yeah. All right, um, okay. And I imagine they're much further up the league than Gretna 08, who are, I think, still uh, waiting to win a game this season, yeah. unfortunately. So, I mean, we discussed the fact that they are kind of like a really lowly team. It's not the Gretna of old anymore. No, absolutely not. There is that way into the division, so like, there's a little bit of competitiveness to it that never used to be there. But, um, I mean, surely, when you've got Max at Annan, 
that's that's the level that Bell should be playing at. I mean, like me and Will again, we we kind of like discussed a few things there. But like Liam, you rate Lewis Bell. Left-sided players aren't that easy uh, to come across. Is this another player? I mean, you said no to Sam Fishburne's loan being cancelled and him getting pushed into a higher level potentially. But is this maybe a better plan for Lewis Bell? Should Lewis Bell be playing at a higher level? Did you say he start? Did he play against? He started. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think as. He's obviously been sent out to that division for a while. And I, I, I did like Lewis Bell when he came in at the team. He, there was, you know, he made a few sub-appearances under, I think, Chris Beach towards the end of his reign. He, he played a few games in pre-season. But if he's starting every game and that's where Simo wants him, just leave him there. Because if he is starting, that can never do him any harm. And, and it's not as if he's gone there because I imagine Gretna will probably train once or twice a week. He'll, he'll be training with the Gretna squad, but he'll also be training with the Carlisle squad as well, I'd imagine, sort of not being so part-time as them without trying to sound too disrespectful. But he's playing every week and he's still getting professional training. So just let him let him get on with it, I think. I think if they're starting, just let them get on with it. I mean, I think a factor with kind of, especially to like Gretna being so close, is that he probably still does some of his training with Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, and I am. Yeah. Maybe they kind of decide that it's better they've decided that it's better for his uh, development um, to go somewhere that's really close so he can play for them, but still train a certain number of weeks. Because, I mean, I mean, they're not a professional outfit, so I don't know how many days a week they train. It's maybe the days that they're not training that he's training with Carlisle, uh, compared to trying to find him at a higher level, but it might mean you have to send him further afield and he can't still do that bit of training with Carlisle. Yeah, it's, 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 that, it's that sort of like you know, right on the line kind of thing, yeah. is it? If you can get a full-time team and he's training full-time, then I'd be more than happy for him to go down to Guernsey. I wouldn't be bothered, but it's uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's 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 a weird situation, unfortunately. Um, I'd feel like he should be playing at a higher level, but it's good that he is playing. I agree with you in that sense, but I just think we've got this generation of youth talent lads, and we've had them around for a little bit of a while, longer than what we normally let these youth lads sort of linger around for. I'm talking as old as Josh Dixon, going back through your Sam Fishburns and your Lewis Bells and and that generation, your Max Gillespie's and your, your Jack Ellis's and people like this that, you know, yeah. they are names that we're aware of as Carlisle fans. They do get rumoured about being pushed into the first team. And, you know, some of them do finally get to break it through, but there's not going to be enough room for everybody. Taylor Charters being another one. There's obviously lads that are going to be coming through from the youth system this year. Belando had a hell of a, uh, I believe that's how you say his name anyway. He, he had a hell of a preseason scoring a cracking worldie against Penrith. I know it's just Penrith, but, you know, if you're impressing Simo, and you've been brought through the youth squad of Simo. Simo probably likes Volando more than the Sam Fishburne or somebody like that. So he's probably got his own favourites and this next generation coming through. And I feel like we're going to see some very, very talented players go into the likes of Workington, Gateshead, Penrith, Kendall. We're going to see some, some really capable youth players happen to make the drop. And I'll be looking forward to keeping an eye out on those guys and seeing how... That goes. I mean, it's just what happens when you're a team that churns out. We're in this area and there's not crazy amounts of other professional teams in this area. So we do kind of soak up a lot of pretty decent talent. We don't always seem to be able to get the best out of them. It's quite unfortunate. You know, at that really key development age at 16, 15, they're getting nicked and they're going somewhere else. And maybe the other teams are identifying that 
And that's why they're getting nicked at that age and they're not being allowed to sort of stay with us and develop until the ages of 17 and 18, you know. Um, but anyway, I went on a bit of a tirade there. Do apologise. In other news, we've done injuries, we've done loans. Now it's time for the other news. Um, the Cumberland County Cup first round draw was made this week and the mighty Carlisle will be visited by the beasts of Cletamore Celtic in the first round. I thoroughly enjoyed my Cumberland Cup experience last year. I will be going down to Guildford Park if they survive their first round game. Uh, Carlisle City, the current holders and defenders of the Cumberland Cup, will be playing against Bathwaite. I did that one all right, didn't I? Bassethwaite? Someone someone like that. Like, like, sounds right. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's in that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed my experience with the with the Cumberland Cup last year. Obviously, it was a humbling experience for Carlisle United to lose at Carlisle City. But like I said, Guildford Park's a stone's throw away from my house, and I'll be going there on the odd occasion this year when obviously Carlisle are away, etc., etc. Right, in other other news, Paul Simpson came out in the press this week and said that if he wanted a free agent, the board would back him and let him have a free agent. And you know what that means, gentlemen. I've been, I've been scouring <laughs> the transfer market, looking for targets for Carlisle United. We love my targets, lads. Come on, we love. I've done, I've done, I've done a realistic list. Yeah. And then I got a bit silly. All right. And then I got a bit silly. And I, <laughs> on the realistic list, it's a name that I have already mentioned this season. I'm talking about Andre Wisden, former Liverpool right back, former Derby County centre back and right back, 29 years old, six foot four, very capable, and has a relationship with Paul Simpson due to those Euro final winners. Um, it's a weird one, lads. I don't know if we're going to need to strengthen. It'll probably end up going down to uh, injuries and things like that. Um, I've also got a midfielder and a striker. But before I dive into my other two options, I mean, where do you think, if we do need strengthening, where do we need strengthening? Liam, I'll go to you first on this one. Probably like another striker until Toby Shaw Silver comes back. Because I feel like we've... You know, Edmondson constantly being injured now. We've got Patrick Dennis, and then we've got Stretton on the bench coming off, who I just I do not rate at all. He's never really impressed me when he's come on. So we've got Patrick Dennis, and then no one to bring on to sort of re like you know when you need a plan B. There's there is no plan B for the strikers. So maybe an older, experienced striker like Dennis, just like a a big guy to stand up front. Maybe that's what we need. Okay, okay, I, I can hear that. Will, where do you think we need some strengthening? Um, yeah, I would probably say up front as well, just because, you know, we haven't got that player, who, you know, they, the teams who do well will find that a player who um, just scores loads of goals. Um, will Dennis keep it up? It seems to be quite a lot of a lot being kind of put on will Dennis keep up his goal-scoring form because no one else has really started scoring yet. Um John Mellish has scored a couple, but I, I, you know John Mellish. John Mellish isn't going to have one of those seasons. He's in, he's a right place at right time kind of guy, and he'll score some, but he's a defender. Um, Amari Patrick doesn't seem to. Uh, he seems to have kind of a 
fluffed a few chances. Um, Stretton, you've said about show silver injured at the moment, not really that kind of player. Um, you know, there's there's still hope for Edmondson, but I'd, I'd be happy for us to get another player who might kind of like you know a go on a goal scoring streak. Yeah, Someone I mean, with like a bit of experience. And then, like, when those rumours were going around around Callum, I'll go on this little tangent now. When those yeah. rumours were going around about Callum Guy and uh, the, the Carlisle's back line was looking like pretty decent, to be fair, I was would would would, would push Mellish into a midfield position more than like because I don't necessarily still trust him as a centre back. I don't want to drop him from the squad, but I do think he can do a better job in the midfield than Callum Guy can. And I also feel like, and this is going to be controversial. Corey Whelan can do a better job as a defender than John Mellish. Yeah, he probably is a better defender overall. But, overall, um, yeah. Like yeah, it's, but... It's tight. I, I can know. see Liam's face. There, He's right-sided, yeah. though. <laughs> Mellish, you know, Mellish is left-sided. We'd have a bit too much right-sidedness, maybe. Um, you know, Mellish has his own qualities that we can't overlook. There might not all be defensive qualities, but well, that's why I wouldn't want to lose him from the team. Yeah, yeah I'd like to push. I'd, I'd push him into the midfield because I don't think I think when Ben Barkley comes back, that might be the plan. That might if, if Mellish is still contributing goals from set pieces or from open plays. If he's getting up the pitch, then Barkley steps back into that back three, and it's a Feeney, Huntington, Barkley back three, and then Mellish goes into the midfield with your Gibson and your Moxon. Tempted, Liam? No. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want. I don't want Mellish in midfield anymore. No, not, I think. No. I just think he works so well in a back five, and I think you can't have Corey. You can't have a back fa- a back three of Feeney, Huntington, Whelan because there's absolutely no pace whatsoever in there. I feel like John Mellish is a lot faster than Corey Whelan because Whelan is a good oh. defender, but the thing that always sort of hinders him is is, is his pace. I think. Feeney's and there's no slouch. Feeney, Feeney's no slouch. He's not fast. He's no slouch. He's, he's, well, Mellish is faster anyways. But, yeah, and as well, you've got to consider this is the John Mellish defender that's got man of the match two weeks in a row now. Yeah. You know, I feel like I feel like people don't rate him as much as they probably should because he's a bit of like a meme and a bit of a joke, you know, because he's a funny football to watch. But at the end of the day, he's he's been absolutely solid for a few weeks now at centre back. He's got man of the match a few times, and he gets forward with a goal or two. And you know, I I just don't see him in the midfield anymore. I think he's perfect in that back five. Yeah, it'd be very harsh to drop him now. I think I couldn't drop him. I couldn't drop him. My ball winning midfielder. That's what I'm, that's what I'm sizing him up to be. I'm sizing him up to be yeah. my ball winning midfielder. Who do you try, take out of the midfield? All over the pitch. Guy. guy, but I don't know about that. I think. Trying Mellish all over the pitch um, was it was a lot of fun, but I think that's over. I think that's over and done with now. We've been through that <laughs> potentially. But Paul Simpson played Simon Grand at centre back and up front, so you know like, he's not. He's not. was a bit of a kitchen sink job, wasn't it? No, I mean he had Derek, he had Derek Holmes and, and bloody Carl Hawley, Michael Bridges, and. Um, Glenn Murray, like, as options. And Can you remember how Simon Grant did up front? He, he, he got on the end of something. He scored once. Scored once. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think he scored more goals for Chester. I'm pretty sure he played up front for Chester a little bit once in a while. Lower level, worst defenders. <laughs> yeah. If you're big, and not, you know, if you're... 
if, if if you got a bit about yourself physically, if you put John Mellish up front and say Conference North, he would score about thirty. You think? <laughs> you think? <laughs> Maybe I don't. I don't think he's got the composure to finish. Like I think, like he can scramble it in Wouldn't the back of the it. net. You're forgetting about the overhead kick. You can't get no, more composed than that. Oh, it was, I had the best view of it, mate. It was beautiful. Like, it was absolutely beautiful. Um, but no, as attacking options, lads, I do have I do have a few for you to consider. Um, and I'll I'll hit you, I'll hit you with my, my um my realistic option first, to be fair. I'm talking about a young man that you've probably heard of before, 30-year-old Sammy. Ami Obi. Hey, young Sam- man. Yeah, 30-year-old Sammy is a young <laughs> man for League Two. Um, <laughs> he's a centre forward. He's just been just been released. Well, I say just been released. He was released by Middlesbrough. Former in clubs include Cardiff, Bolton, Nottingham Forest, and of course, he was at Newcastle with his brother, Shola Amiobi. Um Sammy Amiobi. Um, I mean, it just sounds nice coming out of your mouth, doesn't it? Sammy Amiobi. <laughs> Scores a goal, you know, Sammy Amiobi. It's awesome. That's one of the names I can actually get my mouth around, lads. I'm really, I'm really happy about that. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> all players have rhyming names. Yeah, true. <laughs> Almost like superhero esque names, but I feel like that'll be an okay option. Um, sort of like an attacking option, but from the midfield, I've got a young man who's 23 years of age. That's a bit better for you, potentially. Uh, Jacob Maddox is formerly of. Chelsea and he was playing in the Portuguese top division last year with a team you've probably never heard of uh, he's had loan spells with Burton Albion in the past and he, he's quite highly rated but maybe because of that move to, to Portugal he's just sort of like missed the radar a little bit maybe he was asking for a bit too much money maybe he was waiting for a better offer to come in that never came in but he's still a free agent there do you want to hear my funny ones lads yeah. no <laughs> now I wrote these I wrote these yesterday so unfortunately Ronaldo was... getting released <laughs> not quite Ronaldo but not too far away um, unfortunately <laughs> I wrote the I wrote these yesterday so in fact some of these lads have actually picked up clubs or been offered trials already as a way of a midfield option, I was considering Ross Barkley or Fabian Delft, you know, England internationals, free <laughs> agents, you know, you never yeah. know. Ross Barkley scored one of his best ever goals at Brunton Park. Maybe he wants to kind of like rekindle the magic. Exactly. Yeah, know, maybe we can kickstart his career uh, or, or ruin it. Either or, either or. Um, a sort of like wing back options. I had Danny Rose and Serge Aurore. Formerly of Tottenham. <laughs> they'd be great options there. You could probably get them on FIFA uh, if you sold most of the Carlisle squad. Like That seemed to be the way I used to be able to do it anyway. And uh, lads, you wanted some strikers, right? You wanted some right. strikers. I've got a pair of strikers for you, lads. Former England international Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> a free agent. I haven't heard his name in ages. I presume he's retired or something. Seen, like, he's in Cyprus or something, didn't he? He got released, yeah, like... he got released by Sydney. Because he didn't score any goals in eight games. Yeah, didn't he have like issues with injury or something? Yeah, he's had a terrible time with injury. Yeah. He got he got accused of something in Turkey, and then that con- that contract got terminated in a very strange way. And then obviously he made his way over to the A League in Australia, and I think he had to wait six months for the season to start. So he got himself nice and fat. And uh, when the season started, he was off the pace, and he he didn't score a goal in eight games, and he's been quickly released by. 
whatever Australian side used to have him, probably because his wage was astronomical for anyone in the league. Because that's exactly what we need, another yeah. injury pros <laughs> forward <laughs> on massive so, wages. Hey, hey, I'll say one name for you. Michael Bridges. <laughs> If Simo can do Michael it, Michael Bridges have been playing in League One. <laughs> if Simo like can... the season before we signed if... him, <laughs> if Simo can do it once. He can do it again. He can turn careers around. How old is it now? Thirty-five. <laughs> do you know what? That's younger than I thought. Age thirty-three. Thirty-three. I knew it was a round number. Yeah. <laughs> what? He's a round number, and five's a round number. Sake, <laughs> <laughs> it's free around number, it's got two round bits on it. Yeah, all right, uh, we're, uh, we're, getting, <laughs> we're getting silly. We're getting silly. Let, before we get too silly, let me just tell you my last option. <laughs> he went Daddy on there. Bon <laughs> oh, is he a free agent? Oh, I'm, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's retired. I'm sure he retired. Yeah. I think he retired at 29. Bless him, poor man. He just lost his pace and packed it in, didn't he? But somebody wasn't lost his pace and packed it in and recently has gone on trial with Wolverhampton Wanderers. But if they are stupid enough to let him slip through their fingers, the Cumbrians could be in for a bit of Brazilian magic. I'm talking about Diego Costa. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, as a League Two defender, would be shitting yourself if Diego Costa turned up with Grinsby on a Tuesday night. He would put himself about. <laughs> it'd be... It'd be, it'd be, it'd be uh, I can Fenway times 12, mate. What's Balotelli doing? He got signs. He got signs in Sweden, Switzerland. He got signed oh. by a Swiss team. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, That's he, just as likely. Uh, he only got signed three days ago. Otherwise, he might have made it onto the list. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Sammy Abiobi, get him signed up. Get him signed up because I can say that name very quickly and very satisfyingly. Um Right, lads, we're still on the news and it's time for a new news segment called Former Blues Roundup. It's time for the Former Blues Roundup. Right, we'll get rid of the uh, the gobshites first. Harry McCurdy played his last game in League Two the other week because he signed for Hibernian. So he's gone over the border. Terra, Harry, all the best to you. Uh, Gary Medine, another Cumbrian favourite, uh, has got himself in more trouble it's recently. Not like Gary Medine. <laughs> it's not, is it? Isn't that young man? But uncharacteristically, Gary's got himself in a bit of trouble again. Unfortunately, he's suffering from some retrospective violent conduct judgments and has been banned for three more games upon viewing video footage of his behaviour of last week's game. In other former Blues news, Danny Granger's Workington Reds got close but couldn't quite qualify for the FA Cup first round. A goals from former Blues on both sides. Lewis Bell, uh, sorry, Lewis Riley scoring for Workington and for South Shields. See if you can remember this one, lads. Ten points if you can. Former Lorney, Martin Smith. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember him playing for Carlisle. I remember him coming back to us for an opposition team and somebody pointing out that he played for Carlisle. Oh, fair to his. Liam, you were shaking your head there. I don't remember Yep, him. never heard of him. Never now, heard of him. <laughs> ten points to Will then. Ten points to Will. And uh, the final bit of former... Blues 
Blues news is uh, quite sad, to be completely honest. Hallam Hope was viciously assaulted after Oldham's game against Chesterfield. Under further investigation, it is believed that one of the Chesterfield playing squad was involved in the assault. Unfortunately, Hallam Hope, Hallam Hope has been uh, ruled out for several weeks while he recovers from these injuries. Of course, everybody here on the podcast wishes him a speedy recovery. It's it's horrible to hear about, lads. It's, it, 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 you don't really know what's happened there. There's not like loads of like big news on it because they can't afford to throw around allegations and names and say exactly where things took place and exactly who was involved at these early stages. It's just bad times. It's just bad times. But I'll tell you what's good times, lads. It's time for the match report. <laughs> you missed Danel Simu. What happened to Daniel Simu, lads? Is he signed for him as well? No, uh, Tramia. Nope. Oh, he went to Tramia, did he? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah I missed I thought that. He, gone... he was linked with Hibs. I thought he was going to Hibs and then he's signed for Tramia. I thought I didn't think he would come back to League Two. So I'm kind of disappointed that he has come back to League Two. But. Um... Yeah, we'll be playing against him soon. No loyalty. <laughs> That's his loan players for you. He'll get a good reception, I'm sure. And I'm sure he'll kind of be very respectful as a returning player as well. I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll get a very good reception as well. He was quite lo- he was quite liked by most Carlisle, play- uh, Carlisle players and fans. Um, oh, that's sad. That's really sad. Like, if he's going to go to another League Two team, that's really yeah. sad. Oh, well. Um, right. We will move on to the match report now in a slightly more sombre mood than I was planning on doing <laughs> after that devastating blow. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do the match report for Carlisle's free free draw that happened this weekend against Rochdale at Brunton Park. As we always do, we'll kick things off by giving you the Carlisle starting lineup for the game, which had Hoyley in nets, back Feeney, Huntington, Mellish, and Armour across the back line. Harris, Moxon and Gibson in the midfield with Dennis and Edmondson up front. Me and Will spoke about this a little bit last week. So, Liam, I'll get your opinions on this. Paul Simpson's the sort of manager that if he if he's told by the physios he has a squad of fit players, he will try and play his strongest squad every time and not necessarily bow down to another opposition's tactics. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, is, this, is, it, is this is this Carlisle's best squad at the moment, injury-free? I think you could make a case for a fully fit Joel Senior if he was fully fit. But I think other than that, and Callum Guy as well in the midfield, but in terms of the fit players available, that's probably the best he could have put out there. Yeah, and like certainly based on performances this season. Yeah, yeah. That's pro- yeah, that is probably the best one, minus uh, Harris for a guy. But yeah, pretty much. Are we not are we not liking Harris at the moment? Is he still not settled in for you, Liam? He hasn't had that nah, much. I, I don't know. I just I, I don't really rate him that highly. I don't think he's done much right for me. And, and he's on a three-year contract, and he's only a young lad. And I remember that there's players that have had bad starts to their life at Carlisle before. You think of Nathan Thomas, he had an awful start. Went on to be brilliant. Simeu's first couple of games are absolutely abysmal. Then he became a fan favourite. Yeah, Charlie White. I think there is... Yeah, Charlie White. 
there's loads there's loads of examples like it, but I I, I think he will come good. But as of the first few games I've seen him playing, really hasn't impressed me. Will, did you have something to say about Harris there? Um, well, he's um, I mean, he's not kind of really being considered as a serious contender for the sort of like a starting role since he came in. So I, I guess it seems like that's not really what Paul Simpson had in mind for him anyway. I mean, there's always a chance when you sign for a club, the young player could kind of just blow everyone away in training. But, you know, now we're a few games in, I don't think that's actually... I think Paul Simpson's clearly seen something there for the future and I don't think there was ever really any intent on him on him being a first choice a midfielder. So I think Guy, Moxon, uh, Gibson, um, the you know, these are like our first choices with Devitt as well as kind of like uh, you know, uh, Devitt and Hilton is kind of like um probably the first ones that he'll look to as backup as well, maybe. But um I guess Harris is more of a defensive you know, more of a you know, more of a defensive player. Yeah, I mean, Devitt, Devitt definitely staked the claim and, and received quite a lot of uh, praise in the press and by Simpson and by the fans uh, this week uh, for, for his contribution after coming off the bench in that game. So there might be uh, changes going into next week's in the midfield. But I just thought, lads, what might be a little bit of something fun to do, after three, we're going to say uh, who we individually think is Carlisle's current best midfielder, okay? We're going to put you both on the spot after three. Ready? We're all going to say it at yeah. the same time. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three, Moxon. Moxon. Gibson. Oh! Ooh. Okay. <laughs> Will Gibson. Why are you saying Gibson over Moxon, sir? Um, I think he's kind of, you know, his contributions up front um, or to the attack, which... You know, you could you could argue that that's not a very midfielderish thing. So um, it was between him and Moxon. Um, I thought I'd, I thought I'd give it to Gibson. Yeah, dribbling wise, I can see why you give it to Gibson. Like, I think like it's def- had more impact on games. I think Moxon yeah. looks like a really steady and good player. And um, but yeah, I give it to Gibson because I, th- I think he's had more man of the matches, which says it <laughs> from yeah. us. Yeah, uh, well, you've got to, Liam, I'll let you fight the corner of Moxon. Why is Moxon's Carlisle's best midfielder at the moment? I think you can can tell how good he is (laughs) by how bad we were when he came out of the team. How much we we missed him when he was out shows how good he is. He's brilliant at the passing side, brilliant at winning the ball back. And as well with Gibson, he's he's obviously like, he's a bit of a flair player, isn't he? You know, I was was over watching some, uh, some Irish football when when uh, when I was meant to be on the podcast last week, so I've I've seen where he's come from. Okay, I can see him standing. Up. It was Shelbourne uh, against Derry. So, oh, yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so I saw I saw months, Yeah, and I think I think that's where he he would shine more because there there's a lot like lower standard. But I think the last couple of games for Gibson, I don't think he's like. I don't know. He just seemed a little bit off in the last couple of games because before that, when he was we were starting the season well. I thought Gibson was brilliant, but now I think Moxon's sort of edging him a bit because yeah. I, I just rate Moxon so highly, and I am I am biased as well because he's yeah. from Carlisle. But uh, <laughs> for but me, yeah, Moxon. 
for me, like what Moxon has maybe got more of in his game over Gibson is that he, he doesn't lose the ball as often as Gibson loses it. Gibson no. takes more chances, which like you know can make you a hero, but it also means that sometimes you come up short in football. So I feel like that's what gives it. You know, I, I think Moxon isn't necessarily always running to take on a player and he'll look for a, like a, an easy pass sometimes just so we, we don't lose the ball and we, and we retain possession, whether it's Gibson can be a little bit guilty of trying to force an attack to happen and breaking down the left and then just running out of space, you know, like the, the center back and the full back just closing down and we end up just losing that little bit of attack. So that's, that's the reason I'd give it to, to Moxon over Gibson, both having really good seasons, both having really good seasons. Um, what didn't get off, uh, um, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a terrible segue, but what didn't get off to a good start is <laughs> is, uh, is uh, the Carlisle United, uh, the match, really. I mean, it, it didn't take too long, about 20 minutes in, till Rochdale broke the deadlock. Um, before a game like this, when a new manager comes in to the squad, um, you do always fear that there is going to be a little bit of a backlash, and we seem to be uh, vulnerable to that. Once this goal went in, you could see that that Rochdale. Once that goal went in, they, 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 the whole fans really were enlightened. The whole squad looked like they were starting to believe. Um, Ryan Edmondson, the ball came into Ryan Edmondson in, in the attack and um, unfortunately he sort of failed to control it. He might have took a, like, like a foot to the ankle or something like that and, and he went down and, and uh, Rochdale went on the breakaway. The ball went down the right-hand side. It was whipped. Uh, it was sort of like passed in towards the box. It took a wicked deflection, unfortunately, and it was just chested in by the Rochdale attack. It's an unlucky goal because of that sort of block deflection. But you, you see them week in, week out, and it's typical of a team that are looking confident, wouldn't you say, Wills? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we were a bit guilty of... I think we made it a bit easy for them to, you know, to get their goal. Because, um, I mean, I wouldn't have really said that Rochdale looked that confident at all. But, um, you know, we, they certainly looked more confident once, you know, once they saw that they could get ours. Yeah, I think they looked up for it. I definitely feel like they looked up for it, but they didn't look like they had, you know, weeks and weeks to train with a manager and a game plan. It seemed like the whole game plan was to sort of defend and try and take your chances when you could take your chances. And also, yeah. I feel like at half time, their manager sussed us out. A little bit, and both their both their goals in the second half were very similar to each other. Obviously, we'll get there sort of when we get there. Liam, is there anything else Carlisle could have done to to really stop stop this goal? Is it just an unlucky goal that deflection? Yeah, I think I think obviously Edmondson gives it away uh, originally, which I think is more of a like lack of match sharpness. He's come back from injury. You're going to get them kind of mistakes. Combine that with a, a wicked deflection. It's the perfect storm because it's a jammy goal that Rochdale really needed and they've got a new manager in so that that's added to, to that pressure as well. They've got loads of fans there and they, it was a brilliant away support. Uh, I sit pretty much right next to the away supporters so that that was, they were, they were allowed support and when they're all up for a game with the new manager bounce and then they get a lucky goal, they, they're just filled with confidence and like, determination to go on and see it out so it was, it was, a, it was the perfect storm for them 
I thought and it was just really unlucky that first goal. Yeah, it only took 22 minutes for them to uh, take the lead. And obviously that was 22 minutes when Ryan Edmondson came on and was replaced by Omari Patrick, who, to be fair to him, looked to link up quite well with Dennis. Um, There was a little bit of a a chance for Patrick where he was trying to attack down the left-hand side that led to this corner in the 36th minute. Moxon puts in the corner. Feeney and Huntington are the intended targets uh, in the box there. And it is obviously Mr. Tall. I don't even think Huntington's jumping. I really don't. When I look back at the video, (laughs) Feeney's a good, like, two feet off the ground. I I don't even think Paul jumps. And he manages to head it down into the path of Mellish, who uh, does really well to to control it and and keep his man uh, away from the ball, shielding the ball. And, 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 And what about that? Finish, Liam. Eh, go on, <laughs> go on, man. Go on, man. Go on, man. I genuinely, I, I can't remember the last time I shouted as much after a goal. It was just, it was so, the kind of things. It's the weirdest, most John Mellish goal I've ever seen in my life. Like last week, he saw, because that's what John Mellish will do. He'll either do last week's goal, where he just sort of like fumbles it in, or he'll score an absolute worldie like he did against Rochdale yeah. it's the most John Mellish goal and everyone loved it and I'm it, never going to get that image of him because I saw him go for it and I thought oh god <laughs> it's it's going to go off at stand or something like that <laughs> no it goes in everyone's buzzing superb John yeah. Mellish for the Ballon d'Or I don't see why not he's just basically John Mellish is basically a Sunday league footballer who's gotten a lot better and reached a pro standard but his attitude hasn't changed. He's just still a Sunday. He's like a Sunday league footballer in his head. He's just like, yeah, that, that, you know, running up, I'm going to get a goal. Me. I'm going to get a goal. <laughs> it was the most amazing technique, though. Like, like to, sort of, to do a bicey from that position and the way it looped straight into the top corner. It wasn't the, the most powerful, you know, of shots at all. It was just perfectly placed, perfectly curled. And, and it was really nice, man. Yeah, it, it was really... In my head just before he kind of like flicked just before he kind of like went for it he probably turned around and said watch this lads (laughs) 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 at the keeper (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I mean it's it's, it's a great goal mate it's going to go down there with the sort of the scorpion kick of Vincent (laughs) Pennycard <laughs> you know, Brunton Park, Weldy Classics. Like it's gonna go on to that collection. It definitely is. And uh, I mean, there we go. We we ended up one-one, uh, and it was wasn't that long after that where Patrick Omari and, and Dennis linked up really well. Jaden Harris uh, won the ball in the midfield, which led to Patrick Omari picking up the scraps and playing a really nice ball through into Kirsten Dennis, who shot was good and just hit the trailing leg of the goalkeeper and seemed to hang in the air for an hour before it unfortunately bounced past the post. Now, Wills, when a striker is in such good form you I mean like you must have been thinking goal I was thinking goal you get carried away with yourself don't you like you just you get your uh, your perspective gets skewed yeah but I mean no it was a it was a good chance and it was a good block um I felt we I I felt we kind of like we responded was you know we did we did respond well to going a goal down obviously get that goal 
Um, and going into half time, I thought, you know, looks like we shouldn't have much to worry about in the second half. Um. But in the second half, we did have more to worry about, didn't we? And this is kind of what I was talking about, uh, gentlemen. The sort of the back five, John Mellish being a back, part of that back five, and and the way that we we looked really exposed for these two goals for Rochdale to take this lead. Now, don't get me wrong, the finishes were quite good finishes, but. In my head, when you watch these goals back, it looks like Rochdale have got onto our game plan and therefore they know that the full-backs are man-marking certain players. So those certain players drifted more into the midfield and pulled our full-backs out of position. And then when he hit us on the break, they really exploited those gaps. And unfortunately, like Mellish is the defender that gets to go forward for attacks. He's obviously the sort of defender that we, we get to have an extra body with when we do have the ball and we are going forward. And he got caught out of position twice uh, for these two goals for me, but he wasn't the only one that was caught out of position. Our back line was absolutely all over the place for these two goals. There's so many bodies back, but yet they're unable to do anything against only two or three Rochdale attackers. And this started to get me a little bit worried about our defensive organisation. Liam, what's it going to take for this defensive line to get a little bit more organised? Is it just more time? Is it swapping somebody in for somebody else? Is it Barkley coming back from injury? What's it going to take for this back line to look a bit more, a bit less like headless chickens? I think the problem with it is Feeney and Huntington don't communicate well. I think you've got Feeney there who has the armband, is our captain, and then you've got Huntington. Yeah who is, you know, is, is the captain of, was the captain of Preston, comes in, he's obviously got a lot of leadership qualities. And I felt watching that game that they both thought they were the captain and that they sort of got in each other's way a little bit. I remember on the lead up to the second goal, not, not the sort of defensive scramble that was the goal, but in the lead up to it, Huntington shouts something at Feeney, Feeney shouts something at Huntington, neither of them do what the other wants. Their player runs, runs past them both. And, I think they're just very, very similar players with what I can see is like a similar mindset of like, I'm the leader, I'm going to shout the orders. And I thought there was just that little bit of communication error between the two. And I think what needs to happen, I think it's a very simple fix. Paul Simpson just says to to one of them, and I assume it'll be Feeney, you're the leader, and says to the other, you listen to him, he's our captain. Do as he says, he's the one that's in charge. And I think that's that's that would be a very sort of simple fix because that's that's the big issue that I noticed. Yeah, I just I feel like that you know if that is the case, then yeah, that's the way round it kind of has to be. Like Paul has to sort of eat a bit of humble pie because that's only going to make Morgan regress if he kind of loses <laughs> that voice in the changing room. Will is it something else? Is it that? Is you know they look ter- um, they look terrible for these two goals. They look all yeah, over the place. I mean like I think we looked all right in defense for most of the season so far. Um mm-hmm. can't think of any games where we've had a particularly bad show defensively. Um we you know uh, well all the goals we conceded were pretty poor from a defensive point of view and I kind of yeah I do I do hope Liam is right about it's just Getting Paul Huntington settled in, um, sorting out any issues with them just not knowing who's the leader yet or kind of like that sort of thing. And, you know, hopefully kind of from then on we can kind of 
continue to well, we can kind of become a bit more solid defensively. Um, because we looked much better going forward in this game, but um, which you know, we haven't really looked that great going forward, we've been a bit wasteful for the season so far. It's always the way, though, isn't it? When you kind of like, if you look like you're a bit wasteful going forward, but you're fairly good at the back, if you sort the going forward out, then yeah, in, in you know, you end up giving away a couple of soft goals. So just, that's what happened. Um, yeah. Hopefully, Liam's kind of nailed, you know, nailed it on there, and it's something that can just be quickly sorted out. I mean, I, I, yeah, I do hope, I do hope that it's going to be. As, as, as simple as that and there's not going to be personality clashes and there's not going to be a problem that's you know going to ultimately just cost us financially and on the pitch as well in terms of having a, a successful season going forward but I imagine Paul Huntington you know he's he's come in here and yeah he's a local lad and yeah he's the former captain of Preston but you know he's coming late Annie so you can't just come in and start taking over the parish and if you explain that to him he'll probably accept it he'll probably accept it um Carlisle didn't take too long to respond it was only seven minutes and there's been a lot of credit given to Jamie Devitt for this pass uh but I do want to point out that the pass was laid off to him by the goal scorer Kirsten Dennis, so he's got a hell of a work rate, you know, sort of like setting up and getting into the box. Now, Gibson does really well, nice bit of skill. Dennis with a very smart touch, it probably does hit the defender, but, you know, it is goal bound. And Will, you're right there in the corner behind the goal. You had the best view of it. Were you ever scared that that goal wasn't going to get given? Um... No, not really. I mean, I, I, I might have been, but you could kind of see from the reaction of the players right away. I think they kind of looked to check that it was getting given. And and then, yeah, um, so no, the answer is there was no... Uh, there, was, uh, there wasn't really any fear that it wasn't going to get given. Liam, you had a better bird's eye view. Were you just celebrating all the way, lad? I just heard the players celebrate and obviously the, the Warwick Road then started going off. So I thought, yep, yeah, it must have gone in. But I did see something funny about that. There's there's a Rochdale fan channel. I can't remember his name now. And he said on his little match day vlog thing that it didn't cross the line, which obviously a very biased approach and obviously yeah. where the away fans are sat. How the hell have, how the hell can you see that? But um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. You look on the replay, it's clearly gone off the line. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's a good goal scorer's goal. It was it was a bit jammy in a way because it, it does take a lot of touch off the defender. But yeah, it's a good goal and it deserved to be given. I, I unfortunately missed most of the second half because of the work commitments that I had. So I was like putting pies in ovens and then other pies in ovens that I normally mm. don't need to put in ovens. Anyway, there was lots of pies in ovens, all right? Lots of pies in ovens. And I didn't get to come out for the second half until about the 86th minute. I saw most of the first half and fortunately missed most of the second half and I missed these two goals um, obviously the second goal the equalising goal is uh, Paul Huntington's header from a corner and I mean it, it, it's quality header it's a, it is a quality header and he's absolutely done everything he can do to get in front of his man uh, and get that ball into the back of the net now there is something to be said for Mellish who is marking the goalkeeper Um and then, and then all of a sudden, looks like he isn't marking the goalkeeper. It takes like three steps back as it as it bounces back into the the back of the net. Liam, set piece players. 
We're doing all right, but do you want to score most of your goals from set pieces? I'm not really asked. If we're winning the set pieces and putting <laughs> the ball in the back of the net from them, I don't care where the goal come, goals come from. And you've got to think as well, how many set pieces have we scored this season? Because a lot of them have just been Christian Dennis from like crosses or from, from good play this season. I, so, you know, I think we should maybe be scoring more goals from set pieces with some of the height we've got. We've got, I've slated Jaden Harris this episode, but he's a big lad. You know, you've got Huntington when he's not, and yeah, well, you've got Huntington, you've got Feeney, you've got Mellish who aren't small. And then you, when it, when he's fit, you've got Edmondson and all of them are capable of scoring from corners. I think we've got a big team. And then, and then Christian Dennis as well. He's not big, but he's brilliant at winning headers. Corners and set pieces, and we've got a brilliant set piece taker in Owen Moxon as well. Who you know, if and even if Calm Guy's taking it, Owen Moxon's a big guy, which I don't think he gets the credit for. We should we should really be going for set piece goals, in my opinion, because we've got the team for it. We've got like a remember Stoke when they were just absolutely massive and would score from like <laughs> loads of set pieces. No, I've got no up, problem with just being there. Play. Yeah, we are set up to play like like sort of set pieces and stuff, but we're not we're not. Uh, a, a kick it long team, are we? We're not a sort of knock it long team. So, you know, for no. us to focus, for us to be so effective from set pieces is, is is nice as long as we continue to play decent football. I think. Um, Wills, three yeah. three. Yeah. Is it two points dropped? Um, yeah. Overall, it's two points dropped because we've conceded. We've conceded goals that we shouldn't have conceded. Um, and, you know, um, parts of the performance overall weren't good enough. So we could kind of like look at it as a game that we've kind of, you know, we kind of feel lucky to have uh, managed to get a point from it. But that in itself is a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, Liam, how does it feel for you? Are you OK with just a point against the bottom team in the league? Well... Yes, they're the bottom team in the league, but there's there's context to go with it as well, where they've just got the new manager and it's still very early on in the season. And as Paul Simpson said, they haven't played dreadfully at the start of the season. They're in a bit of a false position. And as well, when you free one down, you definitely take a point, no matter who the opposition is. But like Will said, they're stupid goals to give away that we probably shouldn't have conceded, so... You know, the one game where we actually scored more than one goal, we also concede three of the gets. So it, it's, <laughs> it's frustrating. <laughs> it's two points dropped for me, but only from a perspective of like a week ago. When a team hires a new manager, it's always difficult to play against them. So when they sacked their manager last week, that got me worried about them appointing a new manager in time for this game. If there was yeah. a caretaker manager in charge, I wouldn't have been as arsed. But when they've appointed a new manager and he's had a chance to sort of like look good, you know, in two days, you can put your best foot forward. You don't look a fool in two days. You can really get some belief behind you, get some confidence into your team. And, you know, my way is the new way. Doesn't that, isn't that great? You can have toast with jam on it now instead of just butter. You know, like you, you, do, the little, you do the little things that make you popular and you get everybody on your side. And I was always worried from the sacking until the game, that that was going to affect the result of the game. And ultimately, I think it has, because unfortunately, there are teams worse than Carlisle that are going to beat Rochdale this season, in my opinion. And that's why it's two points dropped now, um, unfortunately. You know, it's just, it's just yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a poor one. Um, 
Free, free, plenty of goals scored. So there's plenty of players that must have had a half decent game. So it's time for the Foxes feature man of the match. Yeah. Liam, who's your man of the match? You put me on the spot there on a clue. Um, it's a tough one. It is a tough one. My, my instant reaction is to give it to John Mellish, but at the end of the day, he's been part of a, he's been part of a defence that's conceded free. Um, I thought Christian Dennis looked lively. Obviously, he got his goal. Give it to him. Dennis. Dennis on the scoreboard for one this week. Is a, he might be in the lead, actually, overall. We'll find out at the end of the season. Wills, who's your man of the match? He didn't play the whole game, but I thought he had a big impact when he came on. He started to play a bit better. He had a hand in at least one of the goals. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Jamie Devitt. Jamie Devitt. Good show. Good show. Missed a substitution there. Like, you know, that doesn't often happen, <laughs> a substitution within the man of the match. Um for me, lads, the only the only sort of uh, um, person that was really consistent throughout, and uh, it was it, it, it was it was John Mellish for me. It was John Mellish. You know, he was he was he was as good as he was poor. He won the man of the match on the day. Another reason I'm giving him the man of the match is because we lean on the podcast. We lean away from the man of the, the official yeah. man of the match a lot of the time. He got and the official yeah. man of the match, didn't he? John, yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why but like, but like, I feel, I feel like Are we're just correcting to, the balance. Yeah, we're just, we're, sometimes we're trying a, a little bit too hard to go against the grain, you know, and sometimes the answer's Ellis... standing there right in front of you. Do you think that John Mellish sometimes gets a free pass on poor defensive performances because he's John Mellish? Because he scores goals, yes. Because he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's John Mellish, yeah, because he's John Mellish. Like. But it's just because they like him in Fox's Lounge at the end of a game doing his speech and stuff, you know. They're probably the people that are nominating these Man of the Match awards as well, you know. I don't Bearing know. The ship there. Yeah, you know, you know. Just, you know. So oh, yeah, yeah, lad, there's, so another, there's another bottle of champagne. Be like John. Uh, give him another bottle of champagne. He'll have that. He'll like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Sometimes we can't, we go away, we go away from the game for the Foxes feature man of the match, and this time I wanted to give it to Mellish, partly because I don't think he's got one yet, um, and he's had a couple of decent performances. So retrospectively, we're allowed to do that. Are you guys thinking back? Are you guys? No, <laughs> no, you can't think that you've done Mellish either. No, I don't think I don't think he's been done. I don't think he's been. I'm done. I'm right. thinking differently, but I'm, I wouldn't still give it to Mellish. I think Will's got a good point with Jamie David. Yeah. My only problem with him is he didn't play the full game, but he did. Yeah, it always feels him. brave to give a, a man of the match yeah. to a second half sub. Yeah, yeah, an early second half sub, though, at least. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, so, yeah, I mean, there we go. We got those out the way. Uh, there's only two things left, lads, obviously, that on this day, and our predictions for next weekend's game against Harrogate Town. Harrogate Town lost 2 1 to Sutton this weekend and find themselves at this early stage of the league in 19th with just two, what, one game won? Nah, two games won, one game drawn. Um, we've only won two games as well. We've got nothing yeah. to really brag about. But it's only early start of the season. I hate Harrogate as a team. The horrible to play against. You, 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 
don't get a decent game out of football out of Harrogate. This time round, I'll go first. And uh, I reckon because we've got players that are clinical, like Dennis, well, because we've got a player that is clinical, like Dennis, we're going to score one goal and Harrogate are so poor. Hopefully they won't score any goals. And uh, we're going to win 1-0 uh, away against Harrogate this weekend. How do you think, Wills? Um, I'm going to go with 2-0. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about Harrogate, um, perhaps just because of previous games about them. Um, they've started the season poorly. Um, I, think, I think we will improve. I think we'll kind of, you know, some of the issues from the last a couple of games I think we'll be looking to address and we're getting stronger as players come back from injury and it's it's our last game against you know our, our little runner games against teams that are struggling so it's, it's it's a big opportunity for us to get more points on the board before we have a more difficult run of games and I hope we can and I'm going to say 2-0 Wow 2-0 twice as ambitious as I what are you saying, Liam? <laughs> oh, I feel dirty saying this, but I think we're going to lose it. I've, I've never <laughs> predicted a loss on here before. <laughs> but two one to Harrogate. I just, I'm going to the game as well, and I just, I just don't like Harrogate, and they always win against us. And I've just got, I've just got a bad, bad feeling about it, you know. I'd, I'd not two one Harrogate. I'll give us the goal. Give it to Christian Dennis. <laughs> I'm not confident at all about this. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Two one to Harrogate. I mean, that's that's it is devastating, Liam. It is it is devastating to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. Um, I mean, lads, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Blue Army podcast. Uh, there's only one thing left to do, and it's the on this day memory. Um. On this day in 1928, Carlisle United scored the most amount of goals they'd ever scored in a league fixture. 8-0, they beat Hartley Pool United. Now, there's lots of goal scorers, and, and Jimmy O'Connell being one of them, Davy Hutchinson, Billy Robinson, Billy Ward, and Alf Arger, all goal scorers for us on that day uh, hats off to those guys so to finish off the show gentlemen my question to you is just a nice one scratch your brains I'll go first you've got a bit of time to think what for you was the biggest Carlisle victory you've ever seen for yourself now for me it was uh, the first time Carlisle United were uh, under Paul Simpson's tutelage, I will say, because I feel like using that as an adjective for some reason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was a 5-0 win against Washington Diamonds. Uh, it was it was really cold, I remember it, uh, but it was the season we went up as champions. And uh, that, was, that was the moment. We had a 5-0 win against Boston away. Um, and we had a 5-0 win against Chester at home, and I missed that one. And then, yeah, this this was just, you know, the atmosphere was crazy. The uh, Everybody, you know, we were just smashing teams at that Christmas period, just after Christmas. We were just absolutely killing teams. Um, yeah, you know, that's my memory. 5-0 Washington Diamonds. Wills, have you got a memory of your biggest victory? 
Yeah, and it was a season before that, so it was still under Paul Simpson, but it was in the conference and it was 7-0 against Farnborough. Ah. Um, what I mainly remember from that is that I had a friend who was an Accrington Stanley fan. It was one of our it was quite early in the season, and I didn't know non-league that well because you know, conference back then was full of teams you'd never heard of. It's not like now where you've got like all these Notts Counties and Chesterfields and stuff in it. There was like Exeter and Lincoln and then just loads of random Canvey Island type teams. And like, anyway, my friend who's an Accrington Stanley fan claimed to know who was good and who wasn't in the conference. And he's just like, Farnborough will beat you. Farnborough are a good team. And we won (laughs) (laughs) 7-0. What year was that? Uh, be 2004, was it? Yeah, 2004. Four, five. Yeah, 4-5. Yeah. Christ. <laughs> I was born in 2004. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably haven't seen a big victory in your time then, have you? You also be like 3 nil against um, like Boston or something. I think, you'd, the the thing is, I think you're both forgetting Heaven an obvious one. The FA Cup. <laughs> you're both forgetting a really obvious one. What's that? I think it was 2016 Boxing Day, 6 nil win over Oldham. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that that that'll be my one. I got my first scarf at that match. Yeah, I was in Australia that year. No, I remember uh, that one quite well. That was a good game. Yeah, I was there. That 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 was that from that game on. That's when I started going like regularly to Carlisle yeah. games. I remember. That's when I first started like really getting involved in it. Like that's when I got my season ticket. Yeah, that's when we, you know, we, we had a bit of excitement there. Then John Sheridan just walked out. John Sheridan, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he left, he left, like, immediately after that game as well. And, and I remember, I remember saying, it's a weird, weird memory to have, but yeah. somebody had lost a watch. And um, the Carlisle people on the social media put, has anyone left, lost a watch or left a watch behind? And everyone was saying John Sheridan's left it on his way out. But, uh, but, it, <laughs> but 6 0. And I remember my um, my history teacher was an Oldham fan, so it was it, that was nice as well, yeah, giving him some shit. Over it, but... uh, have that, have that, beautiful, that's beautiful. It's always nice to walk down Nostalgia Avenue, and it's left us all in a beautiful mood to finish the podcast on. I really appreciate you lads joining me once again here on the Blue Army Podcast. This has been episode eighty three. And there's nothing else really left for us to do apart from say bye for now. Bye for now. Bye.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.